Welcome to Room for Growth, a Willow Tree podcast about growth marketing hosted by Billy Lowen and me, Billy Fisher. Whether you're an industry expert or just getting started, there's plenty of room to grow. Share this episode with your favorite coworker, follow us wherever you enjoy podcasts, and reach out if you'd like to join the show. You ready, Billy? I'm ready, Billy. Let's go. Let's f***ing grow. Hey, hey, everyone. Uh, It's February. Man, uh, anybody else feeling like uh, we're in like the the actual start of the new year? January is that kind of weird stage where budgets are coming in. We're kind of acclimating to being back in the office after a, a little holiday break. And then there's this slow period where it felt like nothing was happening. A lot of kind of indecisive, uh, which, where should we start? What should we do? And man, this week, I'm feeling like it's like, click, let's go. We're ready to start going. And so I'm sure that you, like every other marketer and corporate executive that I'm speaking with, are experiencing demands like never before. Budget challenges, budget uh, uncertainty, and it's requiring us to get creative. Something that, you know, I was talking to a client yesterday that hey, despite all of this, the customer is not sitting around saying, oh, you know, I'm sure X brand is under tight constraints and uh, maybe has less staff or uh, doesn't have as much budget. So I don't really expect personalized, relevant messaging uh, from them. Of course not. That's ridiculous. Consumers' expectations of brands are unchanged and really probably increasing as we go. So we all share the same task, regardless of budget challenges and, and uncertainty to deliver on that. And that's one of the reasons I'm so excited for our guest today, Mike Colombo. He leads the Adobe practice here at Willow Tree. And this is something that he's helping clients with all day, every day. Clients that have one of the largest, if not the largest platform stacks in the industry. And you know, it's common that these brands have acquired these platforms and don't always leverage them to their true capability. And that's something that Mike is an expert at, is helping brands do exactly that. And uh, you'll hear some analogies that he has. So I'm excited to have that conversation. Billy's out on PTO this week, so I get to do it just Mike and I. Also, you know, the Super Bowl's coming and Willow Tree has deep roots in the Super Bowl. So there's a lot of activity happening here in our walls around the Super Bowl and excitement. We've had a partnership with Fox for as long as I've been around and uh, had the opportunity to, over the past few years, build the mobile application for Fox Sports that live streams the Super Bowl. We've seen record numbers every year. And it's tracking on uh, and looking like that's going to be the no different this year, that more and more people are turning to streaming. So we've also got some Philly folks in our office. And uh, I don't know if there's some more extra than a Philadelphia sports fan. And so they're in the Super Bowl. And I don't know. I'm just keeping my mouth shut. That's all I'm going to say about that. I don't want to rile anybody up, especially my boss, Mike Moore, you know, who's a Philly and blood guy. So I'm rooting for you, Mike. I'll root for the Eagles. (laughs) But uh, also last year, we had the opportunity to be part of the Pepsi Super Bowl halftime show application. So I'm having a little bit of nostalgia as I think about the halftime show. Last year, I was like all in. Dre, Eminem, Snoop Dogg, we were building the application. I honestly don't even know who the Super Bowl halftime performer is this year. Pepsi's no longer the sponsor. Oh, it's Rihanna. 
Uh, so yeah, there we go. I was about to say T Swift. Uh, I'm not sure if she's hosted the the Super Bowl. This is where I need Billy. This is what happens when Billy's not here. I get off the rails with uh, pop culture a, a little bit. So you know, it'd be interesting to see after last year where Pepsi put tons of marketing dollars behind this Super Bowl event and. When I say hunt, they really invested building mobile applications, product releases. And this year with new sponsorships, it'll be interesting to see how it's leveraged from a marketing perspective and from a brand perspective, because Pepsi had really created this kind of cultural icon around their Super Bowl halftime show sponsorships. So I'll be interested to see a, a lot of new things in the market. But as we, again, move into February, it's time to get to work, you guys. And Mike Colombo from the Willow Tree Adobe practice is we're going to jump right in with him. This is going to be low fluff. Let's talk about how can we optimize these tools that we have. And so look forward to uh, talking to Mike and uh, thinking about how we can start to get to work here in 2023. Let's talk to Mike. What's up, Mike Colombo? Welcome to the show. How you doing today? Hey, Billy. How's it going? Oh, great. Well, uh, excited to have you uh, here today. And I was talking before when I introed you, I'm feeling like a shift from January to February, like where all of a sudden it's like, let's go. It's actually time to get to work and enough calibrating. And I was kind of teeing you up as the expert or an expert on helping brands optimize and figure out this huge platform that is Adobe. And I think we're going to talk a little bit about that today. You know, you lead our Adobe practice. You're the the managing director of the Adobe practice here at Willow Tree. And that's a big role. But just before we get too much into the platform stuff, can you give us the backstory of of how that came to be and, and tell us your story a little bit? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, um, I uh, started an agency when I was a kid, basically, just out of college with a buddy of mine. So we started almost 20 years ago uh, in Boston. We kind of started out as, you know, sort of a design studio, honestly, and, you know, doing a lot of kind of backing our way into digital through some of the real big agencies in town. You know, Arnold, we worked with uh, Goodby Silverstein in San Francisco on HP and things like that. They were just getting into digital for the first time. So in those early days, we kind of started in the web world, but our Adobe relationship was more like, you know, Photoshop and Flash and uh, Cold Fusion and things like that. As we kind of grew up, we started to get more into, you know, kind of the enterprise platform side of things. And so as we went from, you know, kind of working on those early digital campaigns to, you know, the corporate.com, that was a big uh, jump in sophistication. But then, you know, you see over the last five or 10 years, just how sophisticated that's become from a tech stack perspective. So that was kind of our trajectory. We then, you know, have always sort of been around the Adobe ecosystem. You know, I, I was talking about uh, enterprise flex applications at Adobe Max in 2006, I think. So long time in that world. And over the last, I would say, six or seven years, really, as Adobe has kind of acquired all of these uh, pieces in the stack. So the CMS, which is now um, was AEM, now it's sites and assets. You know, the marketing automation system, which was Neolane, is now Campaign, Omniture, which is now uh, Analytics. All of these pieces started to come together into this real sort of uh, behemoth of a, of a marketing platform. And, and so we built our capability really around that and where that kind of best talent was in that space. So we found that particularly on the AEM side, which is where we were doing a lot of work, a lot of that, you know, kind of rock star talent was in Europe. That's where the, 
product originated. So we built a kind of a high functioning, uh, extremely talented team in Europe and then sort of other skills in, in Boston as well. And that's what, so we started to grow up sort of in, in those two areas in Europe and in the US. And then just over the last uh, year and a half, we made the decision to join the Willow Tree family. So uh, the agency was Mark. Uh, now we're a part of the Willow Tree family, which is super exciting. And uh, now we're doing together our first Adobe Summit. I've been to Adobe Summit about 10 times probably. So this is the first one we'll do uh, together as a new group. So pretty excited about that. Yeah, I get to tag along on, on that Adobe Summit train. I heard that Shaq is going to be there. So for some reason, you know, <laughs> yeah. you're focused on all the like kind of, uh, you know, Adobe specialized things. And somebody told me Shaq was going to be there. I'm like, OK, I'll, I'll come uh, as well. So yeah, former Boston Celtics, Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, yeah, former. Yeah, OK. That's definitely his legacy for sure. But yeah, excited to, uh, I've heard it's quite an, an event. And, you know, as I've gotten to uh, work and closer with you and, and closer to the Adobe platform, I'm blown away that it's some of the largest companies in the world. Uh, a lot of the largest companies in the world are leveraging the platform and uh, like in some ways. And so presents a lot of opportunity to uh, kind of create really great digital experiences that Billy and I are talking about on this show all the time. You know, you've recently helped uh, refine and define kind of our viewpoint on the Adobe platform. And I always joke, everything comes in pillars. <laughs> Any good strategy has some pillars to it. But uh, I'm curious if you could share, you know, our Adobe messaging pillars that we've started to focus on when uh, looking at the platform. Yeah, totally. So I think we talk to customers, obviously, all the time. Like you said, pretty much every big company at this point has Adobe around somewhere. And so... What we see a lot of times is, you know, there's folks with, you know, all of these products and, you know, they've bought a bunch of SKUs from Adobe. And then it's, you know, how do we actually get the value out of this? So, you know, we know, you know, roughly, you know, we need the, the marketing automation system to do X and we need the content management system to do Y. But we feel like the value is in X and Y kind of coming together and, and working off each other. And I think that's where, you know, a lot of the challenges. And so, the kind of top line strategy is really unleash the power of the platform. That's really what we feel like is the biggest need in the market right now. I think a lot of companies have something stood up, right? It's just a matter of, you know, how do we get, you know, sort of the full value. So that's, you know, sort of kind of our overarching story. How do we get there is in the first pillar of the strategy, it's focus your ambition, right? So I think that's, again, for marketing leaders, for digital leaders, need to have a really clear roadmap, need to understand sort of what capabilities do we have today? What capabilities are we hoping to get out of this? How do those capabilities map to a customer journey? And, you know, how do we, you know, kind of take advantage of the best parts of the platform? You know, the other thing is, it's always evolving, right? So there's new technology, new um, products coming out all the time. How do we make sure that we're, you know, not duplicating functionality, that we're, you know, leveraging the latest and greatest, that we're not on a legacy even in the Adobe kind of sphere. So focusing your ambition, I think, is key. And then orchestrating your infrastructure is the next piece. And that's really, I think we all know that future architectures are more what they call mock-based architectures. So that's, you know, fundamentally kind of microservices and API-based, headless implementations, things like that. And Adobe's platform now is, is set up really well on that front, whether that's commerce or uh, content and assets. And you can leverage almost all of it as a service. So I think, you know, understanding that, you know, sort of building for the future alongside understanding you're not going to, you know, ever sort of rip and replace an architecture or an infrastructure, 
uh, you're always going to be kind of uh, operating side by side. But we feel like the next thing you do should be pointing the sort of the path to the future. So that next implementation, make that, you know, the cloud-based implementation, the headless implementation, et cetera, and then, you know, bring the other products you have alongside that. So orchestrate your infrastructure, I think, is is point two, and, and that's really important. And then the third point is is then sort of amplify the experiences, right? So it's about once we have sort of that vision, we have a roadmap, we are all, you know, kind of understanding from the customer out, but also kind of from the bottom up. So from a capabilities, enterprise capability standpoint, what do we want? But also what do our customers need? Once we have that vision, once we have the platform architected properly, then we're looking at, you know, kind of speed to market, velocity and innovation. How do we leverage design systems? How do we best leverage component systems inside the the infrastructure, et cetera, so that, you know, we can move more quickly as marketers. I think that's, you know, ultimately those to us, it's unleashing the power of the platform is one, you sort of one plus one equals three there. I love that uh, focus your ambition part, because it seems like so many uh, brands get caught up, particularly when they're kind of acquiring these platforms, buying these platforms in the unleash the power part. And that's probably because, you know, that's how the platforms sell. You know, here's the capabilities you're going to be able to have. Here's all the out of the box configurations. And it's really easy to get caught up in like, this is going to be easy and it's going to be incredible. (laughs) And forgetting the path to what it's going to take to get to that place. And it takes some work and it takes some intention and planning. And so, so often, I think brands are underestimating the path to get there. And uh, yeah, I love that focus, your ambition. Like, what are you really trying to get to and, and how are you going to get there? It's critical. Yeah. And w- what's it actually going to take, right? Because I think, you know, there is a lot of promises that get made about, you know, this is going to do this out of the box and, and that kind of thing. Like any enterprise software, um, the reality is, uh, is, is obviously something different than that. And so, you know, understanding that lift, understanding, you know, what it's going to take from an investment standpoint in order to get value, what that value is going to look like um, at the end of the day, I think that's you know, really where we need to start with a lot of clients. Yeah, unfortunately, this is going to be really tough and take a lot of investment of your time and dollars isn't a good sales <laughs> strategy usually. And so it's not something that gets brought up. But uh, most of the seasoned folks in the in the industry, I've noticed, you know, have seen this movie before and are able to plan ahead. But you use a, an analogy that I've ripped off a couple times. I don't know if I always attribute, uh, attribute it to you, but uh, you'll have to forgive me for that. But uh, I was curious, like, the Ferrari analogy. Tell me about that. Yeah, I think that's what we hear, you know, sort of from clients, the sentiment that, you know, we bought the Ferrari, but we can't get it out of the garage, right? So (laughs) it's awesome. (laughs) Looks great. But, you know, we really don't know how to get it, you know, kind of up on the highway and and do what it does best. So, you know, that's sort of, you know, I think what Unleashed Power, the platform is, is really all about is how do we get that thing out of the garage? Right. I joke sometimes like the Ferrari sits in the garage and they drive their Honda Accord to work every day. You know, it's like we can edit pages on our website and we can do basic things like, yeah, that's great. But you don't need the best platform in the industry in order to do that. Uh, So that's certainly not why brands purchase that. But like, do you think so many brands get to that point because they've kind of skipped some of those steps or like, why do you think? Because this is not like just every, you know, so often we see a brand that's in that position. We're, we hear this all the time. This is common. Why, why do you think it's so common? I think it's just from a kind of the way enterprises are organizing themselves. And, you know, also, I think the skills, no matter really what platform you're on right now, you know, it's a niche set of skills. There's that famous MarTech graphic, right, which was once 
whatever 500 now it's 5 million i don't know but uh you know all of those require niche skills of some sort so even though adobe is kind of the major player in enterprise there's all sorts of kind of new stuff coming out all the time you know who understands how segments in the cdp connect to what you're doing in campaign or what you're trying to do in target who really in the enterprise can do that right so what ends up happening a lot of times is like in everything in enterprise tech i know you know willow tree's deep legacy and mobile has got a you know kind of similar thing is things start getting into silos right so you know it's the campaign sending folks and then the content people are over here and then analytics and insight you know data and insights are over here and you know it's not a great uh who owns kind of segmentation in the marketing organization you know things like that i think is where there's a lot of struggle. There's not a lot of that, you know, you need kind of these Swiss army knife skills now in order to operate, you know, effectively across the whole stack. So there's not a lot of that. I think then the other thing is on the tech side of things, so that's sort of the practitioner side of things on the tech side of things. It's probably even worse in a lot of cases because, you know, what's happening in a lot of companies is, you know, they're asking it to kind of staff, you know, these very niche technologies, you know, how many, engineer java engineers out there are experts in aem you know not many right so that's obviously why adobe has moved a lot of this to the cloud and tried to make it more turnkey and more agnostic of technology and things like that but you know that's another problem is i think you know finding those technical skills so you know our story always is you know we'll be that glue right we'll help bring together the strategy and the design and then also you know that kind of practitioner excellence you know and in real product expertise and then also the engineering skills to kind of make that work. But it's not easy. That's I think that's the short. Yeah. And to kind of wrap this up, this particular point up, you know, if a CTO is listening and they're about to embark on a new implementation on the Adobe platform, you know, outside of, of what you shared already, are there any uh, words of wisdom of common mistakes that you see when starting a big implementation? I think it's probably sort of a cliche, but I think it's, you know, preparing for scale is a hard thing for a lot of people to imagine. And I think the reason for that is, uh, you know, both their ability to understand, you know, how are we going to scale this across business units and, you know, across the enterprise, you know, multiple brands, you know, all of that kind of stuff. That insight a lot of times comes from the sort of advice they're getting comes from either Adobe themselves or other, you know, SIs or, or folks like that, that may not have the experience on the practitioner side, like how is this actually playing out in the field? And I see that a lot of times where, oh, well, we assumed, you know, we're going to have a single design system and a single set of components. And, you know, this is going to, you know, work flawlessly. And it's like, well, you know, you've got 15 different business units and, you know, 150 different websites. You might have to think about, you know, how versioning might work in your component infrastructure, things like that. So there's a lot of nuance to scale. That I think is where a lot of companies, I would say, you know, get hung up. They they sort of start down a path and then they realize, well, now we're sort of too far down to like really get this scaled out. Yeah, we were in a car like not too long ago and you kept using the phrase people process technology, which is, again, almost kind of a cliche, but is is all cliches are true. So it's so true in terms of it's not just this technology you're acquiring or implementing. What's the infrastructure and the process look like to actually deploying that? And, and for most organizations, it takes a fairly significant change or a partner to help kind of, like you said, be that glue. So that's exactly right. Yeah, This is kind of always the case, but I think accelerated like at the current moment, like I've not seen in a while. Executives are under 
intense pressure to deliver ROI. Um, and I have been saying on broken record, you know, for the past few years, it's been all about experience, experience, customer expectations. Those are always going to be there, but no longer are, are CFOs just kind of writing checks because the customer needs it. ROI. Uh, so leaders are under just intense pressure on ROI demands and um, maybe reducing platform cost or optimizing platform cost. And then that's met with consumer expectations are continuing to rise, are at a place that they're expecting this personalized, you, you know, know me, know the type of way I prefer messaging and deliver it in that manner. And so sometimes those things are in conflict of each other. You know, brands are trying to, to cut costs, but consumers expect greatness. And I'm just curious, you know, if for a leader in a position dealing with that, there's got to be some like low hanging fruit that digital leaders are missing. Um, you know, we just talked about all the really hard work, but do you see a common, just low hanging fruit that digital leaders are missing? Like, if you could just start doing this today on the platform, you could really start to drive impact. Any common things you see there? To me, again, a lot of that comes to systems thinking, right? So I think because we're talking about value, right? So we need to get to value more quickly. <laughs> you know, I think uh, Adobe feels this acutely. They hear this from customers. I think we hear this from customers all the time. Like we need to get to value quickly. We need to be able to tell that value story quickly. And so I think it comes down to a lot of times, like, you know, just getting to launch is one thing, right? So can we not screw this up for two years and not get to launch? How do we really, you know, what's the best approach to getting to launch? And a lot of that for better or for worse, has to do with choosing the right partner, to be honest, in getting you there. But then I think the point I was just making about thinking in systems, like with these super complicated, they do everything MarTech stacks, which is really the world that we're in, you know, Adobe or other, there are, you know, kind of best of breed solutions. But even when you're stitching together best of breed, you know, you it's a, how are you like thinking in scale? So I can give you an example, a client um, that we're working with, how are we thinking about content that scales? So how are we thinking about in the Adobe infrastructure? I want to create a set of promotions, let's say, for my travel and hospitality company. And I want that, you know, those promotions to be authored in one place because I don't have a ton of people. I have limited resources and I'm going to have even more limited resources as we move here. You know, lots of layoffs, things like that. So I need to do more with less. So I need to be able to, you know, put my content in one place. I know I need that personalized, right? Because that's the whole sort of value in the platform. That's why I have all these different piece parts. But I need to be able to like sort of push a button and have it do its thing on mobile, its thing on web, its thing on sign digital signage. On the, you know, I need to be able to push that button once and I understand that 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 promotion is getting personalized and might be getting swapped out with different different promos, different things, different offers, things like that, depending on the context, et cetera. So I need to be thinking about, you know, how am I scaling? How am I scaling, you know, design systems so that I can stand things up quickly? How am I scaling my, you know, kind of code and backend infrastructure? And then how am I scaling my content and communications? I think the getting to value part is out of the blocks. I need to get to value. I need to get to launch quickly. But then once I'm launched, then I need to get to scale. I need to get to velocity because that's where the value conversation is. The value conversation with anything the size of Adobe is not in that first website you launched. It's the 10th, right? It's the 15th. It's the fact that I'm getting there quick. It's the fact that I can build a campaign and launch a campaign and, and it can go to all my channels and you know all of that stuff. I can do that more quickly and I can also do it with less resource. So to me, that's where you know 
it is about value. This year will be all about value. Um, next year, maybe as well. We need to really be really good at communicating that, explaining that. And I think that's, you know, for me, sort of where those value points lie on, on the Adobe platform. Yeah. So Adobe Summit's coming up in March, as we said, and in Vegas and Shaquille O'Neal. But uh, there's a lot more than Vegas and Shaq that's going to be going on at the Adobe Summit. Are there, what are you most excited about? I know you've been many times before. It's, it's my first time. And what are you looking forward to is, you know, I know we're showing up big to the conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're platinum sponsor. Yeah. Yeah, platinum sponsor. Tell me what you're looking forward to. I mean, that's going to be exciting, right? So it's the first time it's been in person since COVID. So getting back kind of in person on the show floor, you know, meeting the Adobe product teams, etc. You know, understanding what the roadmap looks like, what's coming, all of that stuff that, you know, it's just harder. It's less fun. You know, it's not in Vegas when you're doing it over Zoom or whatever. So that part of it to me is uh, super exciting. I think, you know, understanding just how we're moving, you know, clients to this sort of uh, future proof, I'll call it, you know, to use a spin a cliche term, but this architecture that I think is going to be, uh, you know, just a lot easier for them to execute on. Really excited to see how that works and how that what that means to the overall market. You know, obviously, Adobe technology was really for very big companies, to be honest, for a very long time, I think with the way that things are moving, I think there's opportunity to move down market a little bit to sort of mid to mid large companies rather than just extremely large enterprises. So, you know, all of that is, is just, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun to, to sort of be there and just be there in person again and, and be talking to clients and talking to the Adobe teams as well to sort of understand where we're headed. Yeah, we've got some content that we're publishing. Is that correct? Tell me more about that. Yeah, so we have a, a whole bunch of stuff going on in the lead up to the show, and then we'll do some stuff for folks who can't get to the show. We'll do, you know, some things in Boston at the office after the show to, to kind of an unconference type thing, which is pretty exciting. But yeah, we've recently put together a piece, an ebook that, you know, it follows the story that we laid out earlier, but it really get dives deep into not all those right people processing technology. So both on the systems front, what do all the, the uh, systems do? What do all these SKUs that you bought? actually do. I think that's an important thing to lay out. What skills do you need on your team to execute? So what's that people part? And then I think process, it's about not just sort of marketing ops and workflow and things like that. Also about, you know, how does uh, design interact with engineering? And, you know, how are we like executing on this across the marketing organization? So pretty excited about that piece, put a lot of effort into that. And it's kind of, I think, you know, the most exhaustive piece I've seen, you know, that sort of covers the whole stack. So there's that. I think there's some other, you know, webinars and things like that. We'll also have, you know, obviously we're going to have a, a booth at the show as a sponsor. We'll have a bunch of different demos there that I'm really excited about. We'll be doing some of that kind of in run up to the show, but also, like I said, following the show for folks who couldn't make it, we'll have events in the office as well. So lots going on. <laughs> Yeah, so that'll be on our website and um, we'll make sure it's in the show notes so you can, uh, if you're watching this episode or listening to this episode, check it out on the on the show notes. There's always a big performer, like I was talking about Shaq. Isn't there usually like a big musical act? Do you know who that is this year? Uh, you know, I haven't looked it up. Yeah, it's always like U2 or somebody like that. They have tons of uh, celebrities at Summit. <laughs> you know, so the Super Bowl's coming up and before I was talking, do you know who the uh, halftime performer is this year? That I don't. <laughs> I was revealing my ignorance and I also did not know, but it's Rihanna. Oh, okay. Uh, it's Rihanna. And coincidentally, I was just telling this story. There was this article that 
uh, popped up where a priest claims that he uh, had a heart attack and died and went to hell, which is a whole nother topic. And in hell, Rihanna's umbrella was playing on repeat <laughs> over and over again. So right as that story is dropping, Rihanna's the headline for the halftime show. So, hey, I love that song, but, you know, no, I'm not going to get into any more than that. But uh, no, so awesome. Looking forward to uh, Adobe Summit and meeting more of the Adobe team and kind of uh, for my first time jumping into this uh, this super powerful platform. Some of our clients are going to be on the main stage. And so it's going to be awesome. And Oh, yeah. We've got a session at Summit as well, I should have mentioned. Yeah. Awesome. On financial services. So with one of our clients. So that'll be super exciting as well. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Well, looking forward to that. Check out the material that we're publishing. I think whether you're in the Adobe platform or not, I think it's super relevant content and valuable. Some of the principles that we follow, you know, we like to also not just talk about cool tech stuff as we have guests and Mike introducing you to many of our listeners. We recently had the opportunity to uh, have dinner and you started telling me about some of your main, the state of Maine, some of your main adventures and you're working on some land there. And I keep thinking about that ever since we <laughs> talked about that. I don't know if it's like winter and I'm like imagining this like cozy place, place in Maine. So tell me what I'm missing. I've never been to Maine. Tell me about this land that you're working on. Yeah, Maine was invented for winter, I think. But uh, <laughs> Maine's awesome. It's awesome in the summer as well. I think for me, it's, you know, a lot of the really cool kind of natural stuff that you'd love about, you know, the Pacific Northwest or something like that, or even, you know, other parts of New England, Vermont, etc. But it's got that like, you know, really spectacular coastline, that kind of rocky, uh, lighthouse filled coastline. So it, it's a great place to uh, read or write a book, I'd say. Yeah. Awesome. Well, and I just imagine lots of fireplaces. That's uh, that's what I've got going on in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There'll be lots of fireplaces. Yeah. Yeah. Not surprised. And then just one parting question. You know, Billy is uh, out this week, but she has this question. She loves to ask our guest on the podcast. I rave about Delta about every other episode. It's getting old at this point. But we love to like talk positive trash, <laughs> as she refers to it, about a brand that you're truly loyal to uh, or that a brand that's doing things in marketing that's uh, super interesting to you, that fascinates you. But tell me, who do you love and why on a brand perspective? That's a tough one. So uh, I'm a bit of a sneakerhead. So I love my sneakers, right? And Adidas and Nike, probably Adidas, I guess. Yeah. But I think in general, you know, I gravitate toward brands that stand for quality and something else, right? So like the product stands for quality, but also there's sort of meaning behind it. And I think you can't probably capture this might be a cliche might have come up on the show a bunch of times, but you probably can't capture that better than some of the outdoor brands. And I would say like a Patagonia or something like that, where I don't think it has come up. They're just brilliant product, right? And then like the the sort of ethical moral side of the brand, that it's, it's just something that is very unique to for a brand to be able to pull off anything like that sincerely, you know, obviously it all comes from that, the top. And I think, you know, I, I also have an affinity for kind of founder led brands. So that's exciting. Yeah. I would say, you know, it's probably Patagonia is what, what I'm most interested in uh, just from a pure brand perspective, but I do love my shoes. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. I had a Gonia jacket repaired recently and they offer these repairs and it was $5 is uh, how much they charge. And I think it's part of their sustainability instead of throwing the jacket away, buying a new one, they repaired it for me. And it's like, wow, that's, that's really incredible. Yeah. They really live the values. Are you familiar with the brand Filson? Yes, I am. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so like when I think about like quality out, I don't know what they stand for. I don't know a lot about their brand, but uh, when you go in there, it's like, wow, this stuff seems like it will probably last through a fire. Uh, when you pick up and touch their stuff, you can tell it's insanely high quality, but uh, yeah, love the outdoor brands. That's, I think that's a new one. Everybody's mentioned Nike and, and Apple, you know, we've, uh, but the first time Patagonia has come up, I think. So that's, that's great. Patagonia and North Face, like I think those brands that like have to perform, like there's something about the product has to perform. I think we, as a part of what I was so excited about with Willow Tree, is we sort of have this shared ethos around, you know, craft and quality. And I think to me, uh, you know, those brands that have to perform, I feel like we're in that place a lot of times, right? So I can, I can appreciate with the struggle. Um, but I, I really like those kind of products that can live that out. Yeah, I would love to talk to a marketer from North Face because I always think about their customer segmentation where you can buy a hoodie that like a regular person that's never been in uh, on a trail ever would buy. And then you can buy a suit that you would like hike Everest with. And like, how do they segment their customer base is something that kind of blows my mind. And I would love to hear more about that. But uh, anyways, Mike, so good to be with you today. Thanks for coming on the show, talking a little bit about Adobe. And uh, we'll make sure after Adobe Summit, I think we're going to maybe try to do some content at Adobe Summit and you'll see some stuff rolling out from us. So uh, make sure we circle back. And uh, thanks again, Mike. Cheers. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Billy. Really.